Hello, America. It is the third hour of the program. I'm delighted to have you with me. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number, 877-973-7425. It is Open Line Friday. I got Jim and Blue with me, and we are ready to go. I'm going to spend some time with your phone calls right now because I want to get to something. Uh, but we've got a lot of people who, with Dr. Yusuf on the phone and, and everything else, they've been waiting patiently. I feel like I'm doing them a bit of an injustice. <laughs> I, I got more to go. We got to talk about the BuzzFeed situation. But first, I'd like to talk to Peggy. Call in from Orlando, Florida, our affiliate WDBO down there. Peggy, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I am fine. Okay, I want to tell you that I have voted for Trump for four or four times, two primaries and two general elections. I like what he did. However, I am 100% with you on the tweets and the language. You can say what you want without using bad language, you know, or, or denigrating somebody. And I am not voting for him. Again, only if he's the last man standing, then yes, I'll vote Republican. But I'm a DeSantis follower. <clears throat> well, and now, if not DeSantis, somebody mm -hmm. else. Wow. Oh, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you, I know the immediate reaction will be, well, Peggy's from Florida, so of course she's with DeSantis. But, you know, I, I hear this view over and over again, uh, and it's clearly a coordinated talking point now of, he promised us four years. DeSantis should give us four years as governor. We, we, we can't afford to lose him from Florida. Um, are you concerned at all about him going to Washington where he to be the nominee and get elected? I hate losing him from Florida. But the bottom line is, I will not vote for Trump, whether it's whether, you know, if 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 it's Trump and another Republican, I will vote the other Republican. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah you know, I I, go ahead. Well, I'm just tired. Like like you're saying, and I listen to you and I'm enjoying listening to you, by the way, I would like to insert this. Okay. In my life, God is God is number one, and to listen to a political commentator like you say, God is before politics. God is before our country. God, is, I got to thank you for that. Well, that's thank awesome. you. I appreciate it. You know, um, it's the way it should be. Well, I I, I agree. Um, you and I may be in the minority, but I don't actually think we are. <laughs> Um, I, I just think the, the other voices get, get so loud. Peggy, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure. I hope you have a great weekend. I, uh, you know, there is a lot of pressure these days to not even talk about those subjects, but um, I just, it, it's kind of who I am. I try not to be too preachy too often. Occasionally I am. I can admit it. But nonetheless, I digress. Let's go to uh, Linda from Claremont, Florida. Welcome to the program. How are you? Um, I'm very good. I'm glad to hear you. Uh, Thank you. First, first comment. Uh, it's about the El Salvador president crime sanction story that you mentioned, I believe, earlier this mm -hmm. week. Yes. Uh, when I shared that with my husband, the first thing out of his mouth was something I had not thought of. What he said was, "It sounds like there's someone in this country." some well-connected, some ones in this country who are making money on the crime in 
that country and have a vested interest in keeping the crime there. Just one if you have any thoughts on that. You know, I yeah. so I don't actually think it's the crime per se, but I think it's the drug cartels. Um, I, I actually do, when, when you pay attention to who these crime syndicates are in El Salvador, um, a lot of them behind the scenes have business interests that are serving as fronts. And it wouldn't surprise me to find out that we've got some level of Fortune 500 corruption out there that is um, helping these guys. And, and that's total speculation on my part. And I know to some people it sounds crazy, and, and I try not to be a conspiracy theorist. But I think we're going to find out over time that some of these cartels are also providing other benefits to provide cheap services and whatnot uh, to businesses abroad, including in this country. And so there is an interest to try to keep them. And what, what's I also think the larger issue, though, in all honesty, is that Joe Biden is so focused on human rights. He wants to be the second coming of Jimmy Carter when it comes to foreign policy, <laughs> that human rights matter so much. And he just doesn't like the El Salvadorian president because he thinks he's an authoritarian, even though he's democratically elected. And Biden is going to undermine our security by advancing a foreign policy like that. Okay. Do you have time for the second comment? Yep, absolutely. Okay. And the reason why I said uh, this uh, transgender education at Tempest in a teapot, there's two different threads that I, I bring together. Uh, one, it is a normal part of public school education, at least when I was in public school, that at some point there's education on how biological males and females develop sexually. Mm -hmm. There is also, uh, I think so politically correct here, uh, there's also a study that I heard about sometime in the past year that says there is a part of the human brain where typically males and females are wired differently, which points to a potential biological basis for the, uh, those rare cases of real gender dysphoria. It seems to me that if you just slid that part into the normal sex education part, coupled with the part about uh, I think it takes a human brain to, to the mid-20s before fully developing, that that covers, that that covers it. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, that's a good point. Um, it, you know, it, I was actually reading a biologist yesterday who said we, because of the movement for trans activists and how they, they talk about things, we've gotten, we've delved into this minutia of brain function and the like. And, and he says it's actually very simple. Uh, every species uh, that exists on planet Earth, animal and plant, uh, has a male and a female binary um, of do you produce the the uh, essentially the sperm or the egg, and that's it. Uh, and we can complicate it with brain function and uh, intersex anomalies and and things like that. But it's ultimately there is a there is a male and there is a female in every species on planet Earth. There are exceptions to the rule, but even those exceptions lean towards one or the other. And we've been bogged down by activists and what actual truth is. And that, I think, is, you know, it, it reminds me very much of uh, the devil in the garden says to Eve, did God really say? And they get bogged down with the minutia and the technicalities uh, when actually there is a binary there. Uh, now, uh, to the phones, Gaines in Alpharetta, Georgia. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Oh, doing great. Happy Friday. 
You too. Um, My gosh, I'm ready for Friday. Come out here and play play golf with me. I got some uh, partaguses we can uh, enjoy along the way. Nice. <laughs> um, I just had one real quick comment regarding abortion. I know you kind of hate to dig down into that, but since 19 early 70s, every woman has been told that she has a right to an abortion, and a change in a legal opinion is not going to change what what you could really just call indoctrination for the last 50 years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the conservatives have a real hard road to go um, to convince any independent to change their mind on that. Yeah, so. look, I, I, I think they do. And at the same time, I just what, what I find so amazing is people are so shocked by this that, I mean, the conservative legal movement literally for 50 years has built this movement uh, inch by inch by inch by inch. It is inarguably the greatest civil rights movement in the country since the original civil rights movement for conservatives through the democratic processes to elect Republicans and uh, presidents and senators to appoint conservative judges over 50 years to get this done. They finally get it done, and everyone's like, I can't believe they did this. Have have you not been paying attention for 50 years? You're right. Everyone's talked about it as a right. It's only a right founded in, in the 1970s by seven men on the Supreme Court when in the history of the country it didn't exist. And it's now at the state level where it should be. All conservatives wanted was the ability to begin to have the conversation on what we should do. And now we get it. But I have to concede that much of the pro-life movement is behaving like the proverbial dog that finally caught the car. Uh, Kara in Orlando, Florida, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? So I was calling in reference to uh, what Peggy had talked about earlier about voting for DeSantis. I'm -hmm. from Orlando, but I have lots of family that is in Idaho. I grew up in Georgia, and a lot of them, even though we all voted for Trump before, um, we really like the things about DeSantis that we liked about Trump. Um, Mm -hmm. The fact he takes on the establishment, he's independent, all of those things we like. But I feel like there's so much water under the bridge with Trump, whether you say it's, you know, um, of his own doing or they were after him. And I think they were. I just feel like it's such a fresh new start. I was kind of surprised about the new poll that came out that said he's way ahead. Trump is way ahead. I'm just wondering if that's really true, because a lot of people I know feel the same way. Well, you know, I, 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 it's a very small sample of people in the overall poll. Uh, the overall poll has DeSantis beating Biden and Trump losing to Biden. But among Republicans in the primary, 51, uh, Trump 30 some odd percent for um, DeSantis. What I would say is I actually interpret that poll, regardless of where it is for DeSantis, who is not a declared candidate yet and has right. been for several weeks attacked without responding um, we haven't seen him declare and we haven't seen his campaign fire up. What I think it says, though, is that Donald Trump is weak to have 100 percent name ID on only 51 percent support of Republicans in a poll, uh, which probably mm. overstates his support. I wouldn't like that if I were Donald Trump, particularly when the guy who is your nemesis here, DeSantis, hasn't even declared himself a candidate yet. Uh, the the attack ads haven't happened. We're more than seven months away from the first votes being cast. Uh, when you have a 100% name ID 
as a Republican candidate and only 51% plus or minus 5% support you, that suggests to me a level of weakness where DeSantis is still more unknown and has more potential, as do Haley and Tim Scott and Mike Pence. I mean, the disadvantage there for them is they got to squabble out over who's going to be the dominant person, but I would say stay tuned on that. 877-973-7425. Eric in Rome, Georgia. Welcome to the show. Right, yeah, I'm a little jealous because I love Rome and I need to get up there. Eric, yes, you there? Hello. Yep. Yes, hey. Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. One thing I want to do real quickly is echo what a customer, what a caller said earlier. I appreciate your show. It's good to listen to someone who does not come out with their knives drawn because I'm tired of it. It's vexing. I'm over it. <laughs> I appreciate you know, that. Let's just have a good conversation. But real quick, uh, about 10, 15 years ago, I was listening to a sociologist who actually studied all um, civilizations through history, and they were talking about a pattern that, all, that he saw all of them followed. They usually started out with suppression. They sought liberation. They went through revolution. They gained liberties. Then they became complacent. Then they would tend to give up liberties, and they were right back to suppression. He saw that cyclical pattern over and over again. What, how, what is your take on that? And I've got my opinion on where we are in the U.S. I think we're in complacency and we're giving up liberties, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I do think we're in complacency and giving up liberties, but I, I also say a friend of mine always says decline is a choice. I think we've kind oh, of— yeah. We've chosen to decline, and it is reversible. Uh, but you know, when we complain about the state of the country, we 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 have the elected leaders we elected. We we have the people we deserve because they're the ones we chose. Uh, but it is it, it's reversible. Well, that's why I tell a friend of mine. We'll talk for hours about everything that's wrong, you know, and how we can make it. But then I turn around and say, well. We, we as a public, elected this guy, <laughs> so yeah. who do we really have to point the finger to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do, and, and when you look at, for example, the city of Chicago, which just elected the communist, I mean, they're going to get a crime wave because that's what they've chosen to do, and at the end of the day, it is us. The politicians are a reflection of us, um, and I do think we have the opportunity to do better if we choose to. You can follow Eric around on social media at E.W. Erickson on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And check him out at EWErickson.com. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, emailer uh, Richard writes, let's say DeSantis wins. My concern is, will he be forced to sit through four years of investigations on bogus charges, dossiers by the Democrats, and can he win re-election to hold the White House for two full terms? Um, the first one, well, you know, this is why I think a non-Trump candidate really matters the GOP really stands a chance of taking the Senate back in 2024 because the majority of the seats up for re-election are Democrats, and the majority of the seats up for re-election by the Democrats are in states Donald Trump won in 2020. Uh, West Virginia, we can take that very easily. Montana, we can take that very easily. Uh, Ohio, we have a great potential there. we got a great potential in Arizona despite Trump. Uh, we do still have potential in Pennsylvania as well. 
Uh, we got great opportunities to pick up seats from Democrats to hold the Senate, and we should be able to keep the House based on redistricting, so uh, he won't have to worry about those Democratic investigations, and then that will then set up the whether or not he can win re-election uh, after four years. Back to the phones from Montgomery. John, you're going to be up next on the show. Welcome to the program. Mr. Eric, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, I listened to your correction to the right, and <clears throat> it, it, there seems to be a bit of a double standard, and you may even agree with that. So I'm just going to point blank ask you what's it about. Um, the right, you're quick to lecture about being donkeys, um, and yet the left is far more toxic than we are. And we could give illustrations of Maxine Waters. Oh, yeah and the squad, and Chuck Schumer, and their side is never saying, um, I'm not putting up with that out of them. They never lose a single vote from their toxicity. And forgive me, but they don't seem to get much criticism for you of well, their toxicity either. You're, and you're yet, right. let the right say the smallest thing. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're, you're right, because uh, I want them to keep doing it, um, because I think they lose with independent voters when they do. If we respond with candidates who are sane and not nasty— uh, I want the Democrats to be nasty because it completely alienates independent voters, uh, which is state why I'm, proof. Uh, state my proof. Well, let's see. Uh, Brian Kemp against Stacey Abrams, uh, Ron DeSantis against Andrew Gillum, Ron DeSantis against Charlie Crist, uh, the Florida Republicans who actually won Miami for the first time in 40 years this year. Uh, Lee Zeldin lost in New York. But you had Republicans run against these crazy Democrats who pushed transgenderism in New York, and they won almost all of those congressional seats. They have almost a Republican majority in the congressional delegation there. In Arizona, Carrie Lake lost and Blake Masters lost. Uh, but the Republican super school superintendent won on the issue of campaigning against the angry transgender people who were bringing tra uh, drag queen shows into um, the, those um, into schools. You had J.D. Vance win in Ohio against very shrill Democratic candidate there who was attacking him. All of the Republicans who won by not being shrill, all the Republicans who were shrill like Carrie Lake, they lost. That's my proof. And also, I'm a Republican. I want our side to be better than the other side. funny you're listening to the eric erickson show so if if john's still listening if from montgomery alabama um i i want you guys to understand i i'm okay with the left being nasty because i think it actually hurts them with voters uh, and there's ample data out there that that voters don't like the brain biblical donkeys they, they don't like the in your face they don't mind you being a fighter but fight with a smile and it's why I, I don't call out the other side on that stuff. I'm not on the other side. And I am a conservative, and I want the best from my side. And I, I firmly believe our ways are not their ways. And I think it's the happy warriors who win. Uh, the angry, brain, biblical donkeys are the ones that the voters are like, I, I, I may agree with them, but he's kind of nuts. Now, when you say, well, Maxine Waters never paid a price, Maxine Waters is in a in a congressionally gerrymandered district that if Jesus Christ ran would lose to a dead dog if that dog ran as a Democrat because that's the way the the that's the way that district is drawn 
There are congressional districts drawn that way for Republicans as well. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a great example. She's in a district that will not vote for Jesus Christ if he ran as a Democrat. I mean, it's and I use Jesus as the perfect example. He will be rejected by voters if he has the wrong letter next to his name, depending on the district he runs in. That's just the reality. I'm a Republican. I want my side to win. And I'm telling you the data is overwhelming that we will win on these cultural issues as long as we're not jerks about it. Um, I I don't buy into the you must be winsome in every way thing that is pervasive in the evangelical community these days. Oh, you must be winsome on everything. You know, there are some things you can't be so winsome on you sell yourself out. And I'm not saying sell yourself out. I am just saying, you know, when you're confronted by someone, you don't have to insult the person. You, You don't have to be insulting uh, you can disagree with them. You can be strong in your convictions, but also just try to be a nice human being. Voters like that, and I want us to win in 2024. I do not want four more years of Joe Biden, and I'm telling you, uh, you're going to get four more years of Joe Biden if you're a brain biblical donkey. Now, that being said, I've enjoyed these phone calls. I will keep taking some. Bob in Athens, not Greece, but Georgia, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you this afternoon, Eric? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, today is the day of first, my friend. It's the first time I've gotten to speak with you, and it's the first time I've turned 64 years old. Well, happy birthday to you. I'm so glad I could be a part of your birthday, Bob. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I'm a Republican, an Eisenhower Republican, born in 59. Uh, and I have a conspiracy, non-conspiracy idea. Now, I heard today that uh, Biden has signed an executive order about some new environmental coalition or some such. Have you heard about that? Uh, yes. Yeah, he, he's, he's the, the Greens are coming together for Biden. Here's my conspiracy theory. I know you don't believe in such, and I don't either, but I don't believe in coincidence. I think that there's a connection between RFK Jr., who is an environmental lawyer, announcing his candidacy earlier this week, and Biden coming up with this uh, environmental coalition to clear the field. He's going to offer Kennedy Jr., a cushy position as head of this new environmental coalition, knowing that Kennedy is an environmental lawyer. What do you think? All right. You want my conspiracy? While we're dealing in in Robert Kennedy conspiracy theories, Bob, I'll give you mine. I I would disagree with you in that I think what Joe Biden is trying to do is consolidate uh, the environmentalists behind him and shut out and alienate uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. That that that's my view of it. Why the bigger so, question I think people should ask is why is Tucker Carlson putting Robert Kennedy Jr. on Fox News? And I have that's a go ahead. That's a good question, and it may lead to another conspiracy theory, my well, friend. <laughs> this, this is mine. This is mine. Okay. Um, well, Robert. Well, hang on a second, and and let me just tell you, I think that Robert Kennedy Jr. being on Fox News is designed to pull voters away from Donald Trump. 
Joe, uh, because Joe Biden. there are uh, people in the Republican camp who aren't really Republican, who have voted for Donald Trump, who are uh, who are conspiracy theorists when it comes to vaccines and public health. And you start showing them that, hey, we got this Robert Kennedy guy out there. Uh, maybe we should have Operation Chaos in the Democratic Party, and we should try to help this guy against Joe Biden. And that pulls them out of the Republican primary into the Democratic primary. That may work. I uh, I don't believe the election was stolen. I don't believe in the vaccine conspiracies. I got the J&J shot uh, in July of 2021, no, 22, no, 21, I got the injection. Wait, you're you're not, am I talking to a ghost? I was told if you got the J&J shot, you fell over dead. Bob, how can you be here? (laughs) You talk to dead people. (laughs) All right, Bob, listen, happy birthday. I got to let you go there. It's it's my pleasure talking to you. (laughs) I don't see dead people. I just talk to them on the radio. (laughs) Donna? from, oh my gosh, one of my favorite places, Clarksville, Georgia. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Um, how are you? All right. I'm getting by. I have a question. Um, one of the attacks that's been a talking point against DeSantis is that he is abandoning his governorship, that he promised he would not run for president while he's uh, as long as he had the governorship, blah, 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 blah. But I've also heard that he is working on a law that would allow him to run for president as he is governor. And I would like you to speak to that because this yeah. is one of the um, first to, things I've just started hearing about it. Okay. So this, this is, uh, to my knowledge, DeSantis never said he would not run for president. He said he was focused on running for governor uh, back on the campaign trail. Under Florida law, if you run for another office, before your term of office is up, you must resign your current position. Uh, some Republicans have, in one of the Judiciary Committees in Florida, submitted legislation uh, that, if it passes, would say you don't have to do that. And a lot of people think what Jacantis is doing is he's the Florida legislature winds down in about two weeks. He's waiting till the end. He's going to get that legislation pushed through very quickly so that he can stay as governor of Florida and run for president. Now... For the people who say um, you, he shouldn't do this, that he shouldn't be running for another office, uh, I would say that have you not paid attention to American politics? Uh, Sarah Palin ran for vice president of the United States while governor of Alaska. Bill Clinton ran for president of the United States while governor of Florida or governor of Arkansas. George W. Bush ran for president of the United States while governor of Texas. The only one who ever resigned from office to focus on running was Bob Dole, and he was bullied into doing it uh, by the Democrats. He gave up his position as leader of the Senate to run for president. He was bullied into doing it. Uh, It's such a non-argument for me. Uh, the Democrats who this Barack Obama ran for president of the United States while being a sitting senator. Um, it, it just it, it's it's a dumb talking point to me. But I realize some people who don't pay attention to history will say this is their excuse. And let's just be honest here. The people who say, well, I'm not voting for Ron DeSantis because he won't resign from being governor and I feel betrayed. They weren't going to vote for him anyway. That's just a talking point they're trying to use. Lynn in Roswell, you're up next. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Great. What's going on? 
Oh, I wish you were switching with Mark Aram so I could listen to you live instead of watching, <laughs> listening to your podcast. But anyway. Sorry. Listen, listen, I, I'm I'm happy for Mark because that man has never had a normal life uh, getting up so early in the morning and then going back to work in the evenings and now just having the evenings and, and he's got his new bride and being like nine to noon for him will be fantastic for him. <laughs> anyway, I was just getting some um, health insurance quotes all over the phone and they were texting me that in order to give me a quote, all they would need is my age and my gender. So I'm wondering how that's going to work out with all this transgenderism. Is Do they give uh, – are you cheaper if you're a woman? And will some trans women be just saying that they're men? Uh, or is it going so to they're, they're going to have to change and start asking you for your sex because the issue is, is actually your biological sex. Um, and a, a lot of companies, they say gender when they mean sex because they don't like to use the word sex. Um, but no, uh, and in fact, under Obamacare, uh, which is still the law of the land, you can't charge someone uh, differently based on whether they are a male or a female. And if you're a male, you still have to pay for your pap smears, even though you technically don't get them um, under the law of the land. It's so ridiculous. But uh, yeah, the, the what is it? The um, actuarial tables help set the rates on which you're charged life insurance and even health insurance these days. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point uh, someone changes their mind there on that. Uh, But for now, nope, you don't have to worry about it. Okay, we probably need to not take any more phone calls because we're almost out of time. Blue, thank you very much for being the fill-in call screener today while Charlie was out. I deeply appreciate it. Great calls from all of you today. Now, I got to talk about, but you know what? Maybe we should go on and take a timeout so I can talk about um, BuzzFeed when we come back. Because if you haven't heard, BuzzFeed News is going out of business. And we should all, look, I, I, after, I feel like a little hypocrite. After spending all day saying, don't be a biblical donkey, I feel like we should laugh at the situation. Not the people out of a job, but why it went out of business. There's a deep irony there. We'll get to it when we come back. Right now, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile because Patriot Mobile is a cell phone service provider who gives you guaranteed great service. They're probably using the same cell towers you're already using, but they're also Christian conservatives who take a portion of their profits and give it to the conservative causes you care about. And all you have to do is move your cell phone service to them. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. That's where you go. They have a little indicator you can put in your address, zoom straight into your house and see how good the 5G is, the voice, the data. They give you discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member, a teacher. you got multiple lines for your house. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. If you call them, you're talking to someone not in Mumbai, but in somewhere in the United States. And again, guaranteed great service, and they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes you care about. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You should go check out their guaranteed great service. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. I don't know if you have heard BuzzFeed News is shuddering. BuzzFeed News, you, you won't be able to get your cat click videos from BuzzFeed News, you'll just have to go to BuzzFeed now. Uh, this is, I'm not surprised by this. What I find deeply ironic is BuzzFeed Nude News is where Ben Smith published the Steele dossier, which yesterday he revealed 
David Brock, the uh, Democratic uh, operative, had a role in obtaining and pushing out. And Smith essentially argued in, in the Atlantic yesterday, if he had to do it all over again, he would have done the same thing. He would have done it uh, slightly differently, but he would have done the same thing. The, the Steele dossier we now know is an absolute scam organized by the Democrats, designed to look legitimate, and it wasn't. And it undermined did the credibility of BuzzFeed News as a legitimate news operation. Uh, so did the cat videos. And now they're closing up shop. One of the funny ironies of all of this is BuzzFeed News, like Vice News, like Vox Media, they were all built around the Facebook algorithm. They wanted to be on Facebook. They wanted to be shared on Facebook. They wanted friends to pass the news back and forth. They wanted to be as salacious as possible about their news coverage and what they were covering and how they were covering things so that more and more people would trade their news on Facebook. And then Donald Trump gets elected president of the United States. And the media, on behalf of the Democrats, needs to blame someone. So the media blames Facebook. The media claims because the Russians spent, we now know, $26,000 on ads on Facebook, designed not to advance Donald Trump, but to antagonize both Hillary and Trump supporters, that that was to blame, that was the cause. Donald Trump got elected because of that. It was because of Facebook. It was because Facebook accepted that money. Facebook decided, well, I know how to fix this. We'll stop prioritizing news traffic. And instead, we'll prioritize friends sharing memes with friends on Facebook. And when they did that, they undermined the business model of BuzzFeed News and Vice and Fox News and the like. The media took advantage of Facebook's algorithm. And then when others showed they too could take advantage of Facebook's algorithm, they demanded from the media that, that Facebook shut it down. And so Facebook complied. And these media organizations that demanded that Facebook shut down its algorithm went out of business. Funny how that works, isn't it? BuzzFeed News was always of the left. Its major uh, stories benefited the left or protected the left, advanced the left's agenda. And that's the same thing with Vice News. It's the same thing with Vox. They depended on social media clicks to stand out from each other. Those social media clicks are now gone, and, and they're slowly dying. BuzzFeed News is not the last. It's the beginning of a decline of the new digital media. Now, who's staying? This is the irony here. The traditional media outlets who were long ago declared dead are the ones who are staying. They had the brand ID, the name ID. They've hired many of the staffers from these companies, and they're staying put. They're staying hold. They're, they're, they're going to succeed. The New York Times is not going to go out of business. BuzzFeed News is. The Washington Post is not going out of business. BuzzFeed News is. It's kind of a funny irony. What I would also note is that these different sites can't really distinguish themselves from each other. They kind of pursued the same angles. As uh, young progressive reporters decided to report progressively on the news, they may have had a bunch of different sites to do it on, but they all had the same worldview. You didn't have to go to BuzzFeed News. And then 
as the liberal press with existing publications copied them. You didn't have to go to these websites. You could go to the existing New York Times, which has a, a street cred BuzzFeed News would never have because it is the New York Times. And these other old school media outlets whose deaths were greatly exaggerated survived. And the new media outlets are starting to die off. Their reporters are now being uh, consumed, absorbed by these traditional media outlets that are still as reliably left, if not more so than they were in the past but are putting them out of business. I, 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 I have no love loss for BuzzFeed News. I can't remember the last time I went to BuzzFeed News for anything, or to Vice Media for that matter, which exists to advance a left-wing narrative. I actually got asked a while back to participate in a documentary Vice News is putting together on conservative talk radio. Just deleted the email. I didn't even bother to respond. Why would I want to participate in a left-wing website's hatchet job of conservative talk radio? They're predictably reliably on the left, and now they're out of business, um, some of them, BuzzFeed at least. Vice, there are rumors swirling of its financial demise. It hasn't happened yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. And it just it cracks me up. It, honestly, it does crack me up that the traditional media outlets, who everyone said were going to die, are thriving. And the new media outlets, who everyone said were going to kill off the traditional media outlets, they're the ones dying. Because they went for growth and clicks, and they didn't go for a sound business model. Growth and clicks will corrupt the news, but not save the news organizations. We need to get back to a country where we value local news more than anything else. We should prioritize local news in this country. And you will find even local newspapers that focus on local issues tend to be profitable, where the regional and the national newspapers are less and less profitable, more and more in decline. Now, you guys don't go decline this weekend. You have a great restful weekend. I will see you on Monday.